Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Forward Maryland. Tonight is Tuesday, October 15th. My name is Bill Woodcock. Here's what's happening. There's still been a lot of buzz over our last episode when Jason Booms and I uh, interviewed Natasha Blinds, uh, and uh, lots of good response. In fact, uh, this interview has been the second highest by a number of hits um, uh, viewed and shared post uh, in the short history of this fine podcast presentation. Uh, so uh, hopefully that speaks well to whatever Natasha's efforts are going to be in Baltimore City politics in 2020. Uh, still uh, uncertain. I've spoken to Natasha since then. Uh, still uh, mulling her options in terms of what to uh, run for, but uh, you know, interested in uh, in what you think, and interested. And in, you know, if you have not uh, checked out the last podcast, you really need to. So uh, please. Uh, police care enough to give it a listen. Uh, Baltimore City's high on my mind this evening. The first issue I want to bring up is the uh, Pimlico Racecourse arrangement. So uh, the Stronach family, who uh, owns and or who operates uh, Pimlico Racecourse in the state of Maryland, uh, have apparently uh, come to, well, I shouldn't say the state of Maryland, but uh, interests uh, representing uh, the city and uh, the Maryland Jockey Club, through three-party negotiations, have uh, come to an agreement on um, refreshing, and a considerable refresh it is, the horse racing industry in Maryland, both at Pimlico Racecourse and also at Laurel Park, uh, which how many people know how many counties Laurel Park Racecourse is located in? Is it in Anne Arundel County? Is it in Howard County? Is it in Prince George's County? It's not in Montgomery County. Of course, Laurel is, you know, could be, uh, you could say that four counties comprise the uh, great uh, uh, census tract known as Laurel, although the municipality of Laurel is all uh, Prince George's County. So how many counties are Laurel people? I feel like I'm doing bar trivia, which is my uh, my uh, secret talent. Um, Laurel Race Laurel Park Racecourse is actually in two counties. Uh, it has a I believe a parking lot in Howard County, and then the remainder of the property, uh, including the track itself, is in Anne Arundel. So the answer is two. That's tricky. Don't forget to tip your server handsomely on the way out, ladies and gentlemen. And still, drink specials until 10 p.m. Uh, anyway, see, this is, this is you know, I'm missing Jason not being here because, you know, left to my own devices, I just do weird things. Anyway, um, over $300 million has been committed to provide a refurbish of Pimlico, a fairly extensive uh, renovation, uh, also uh, upgrading the Pimlico property itself for it to be uh, more of a destination where the hope is it will uh, help bind the communities of Mount Washington and Park Heights together, uh, which would be a terrific benefit for the entire city of Baltimore. 
And then also, and then Pimlico would be the home to horse racing two, two months a year. Whereas uh, Laurel Park would be upgraded. It would, uh, it would be the home of uh, a lot of stables and training facilities. And it would be the home to Maryland racing uh, the remainder of the year. Uh, I, on the surface of it, I really like this plan. I really like the idea. Um, apparently, as part of this, so Preakness would be kept in Pimlico in perpetuity. perpetuity. Uh, so it would never leave. And that would be good. Uh, that would be a huge benefit for the racing industry in Maryland, which you know, for people who say that the racing industry gets too many perks, uh, remember, folks, the racing industry is a shell of its former self in the state. I mean, Baltimore's football team was called the Colts for a reason. And that was because of the racing at Pimlico, the racing at Timonium, the racing in Laurel, not to mention the harness racing in Free State, um, you know, racing in Bowie. Um, you know, there's racing in Ocean Downs on the Eastern Shore and, and other places, too. Uh, and there's not that much of that of that uh, tradition of that uh, industry that exists anymore in the state of Maryland. So uh, this could help breathe, breathe life into the industry. I'm very intrigued at what the potential holds for the redevelopment of Pimlico Racecourse because that property is used a incredibly, insanely uh, short amount of time of the year. And it looks like, you know, from what, you know, the renderings that have been shown that there may, I don't know about retail, but I know the primary thing I have seen has been community-based activities, uh, sports fields and such. And uh, hopefully it would spur some reinvestment in Park Heights. Um, yeah, I'm very concerned about the lack of community investment, um, not just in Baltimore City, but specifically I'm talking about the African-American neighborhoods in Baltimore City. Um, it's, it's not, it's, it's actually quite sad. Uh, and anybody who's ever been to that part of the city, uh, Northern Parkway area, Sinai Hospital area, Pimlico Racecourse area, um, you know, and, 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 you know and, and let's expand that a little bit. Let's talk about Druid Hill and uh, Reservoir Hill. Uh, you know, let, let's talk about, you know, those areas. Um, you know, they, um, you know, they could use a uh, refresh. Uh, they could use a lot of help. Uh, they're pretty parts of the city. They're lovely. And uh, one has to wonder, why are we not investing in those parts of the city? Why are not we not investing in that infrastructure? Um, you know, I, I'm not quite buying that it's because of crime or, you know, high unemployment. Um, you know, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I know that those parts of the city, um, they don't overlook water. Um, you know, they're not right off of... 95, although Druid Hill is certainly off of 83. Um, you know, I know they don't have a lot of industrial buildings, you know, so they're not, you know, they're not predilected towards, you know, upscale retail, like say Mount Washington or Clipper Mill is. 
Um, but why are we not investing in those parts of the city? And, you know, these happen to be the strongly uh, majority minority parts of the city. So, you know, um, you know, am I saying that there's some institutional racism afoot? I guess I am. Um, but I'm hopeful that uh, passing this Pimlico plan uh, will help um, will help the city of Baltimore address those issues head on. Now, now the key thing is, and this is what we still don't know, we still don't know where Larry Hogan uh, signs on this. And frankly, if, if he does not uh, favor this, uh, this agreement, he's an imbecile. Uh, there's no two ways about it. And... Um, you know, I think it would be the politically smart thing for him to do. I would have to imagine that this agreement is going to be wildly popular with Maryland voters. And if he wants to end his uh, time on a high note, uh, you know, the mayor who killed the red line in the city of Baltimore, which for me is a fatal flaw right there, uh, had best not kill Pimlico Racecourse and send the Preakness to Laurel Park and leave a very huge tract of land um, at Northern Parkway uh, unused and uh, dying. Um, he wants that to be his legacy, go for it, but uh, I don't really think that would be a, a good legacy for uh, Governor Hogan. So uh, I would imagine that common sense in his head will prevail too, although I've thought that before and been wrong before, so we will see. Uh, the third item I have is um, we have a guest for our show on the 20th. So Jason and I will be back with you recording on the 20th of October. And our guest is going to be none other than Scott Ewart. Uh, he of Scotty Blogs fame and Scotty and the proprietor and owner of Scotty Software. And, um, you know, Scott has been doing a lot of work recently on the school redistricting issue in Howard County. And you've heard Jason and I talk about this on a prior recording. Uh, he and I are of, I, I would, uh, I think it's fair to say, slightly different minds. Um, but, um, you know, not, not, not in terms of the school redistricting, but in terms of, uh, how Scott's been, been presenting this. So uh, I don't see it as an opportunity for Scott to defend himself. I don't think, you know, everybody can do their online thing their own way. And that's cool. That's part of it. Uh, but I do believe that it's an awesome thing to, um, you know, have a spirited discussion, not just on the issue of Howard County School redistricting, but on how, Howard County School Redistricting is covered and how it is perceived, um, you know, not just in, in, uh, in the community, but in the online community, uh, in the uh, blogiverse or maybe podiverse now is uh, a better way to frame it. Um, you know, I, I think this is a good discussion to have. Um, you know, case in point, um, you know, when everything was going on in Howard County a few years ago with the then superintendent, Renee Foose, uh, I can remember in my blog taking the Baltimore Sun's reporter to severe task uh, by saying that the protest was small and that there were only about 200 people 
who were all crammed into the Board of Education building and in their in the uh, Board of Education's hearing room and their uh, little small side room, which is like a little canteen area of some sort. Uh, what the reporter failed to mention, um, because I did tell the reporter that there were over 500 people there, uh, she had shown up late. Uh, she did not witness any of the protests that were going on before the event, except that she had seen uh, some of the protesters after they were protesting uh, standing inside because, or outside rather, because they didn't want to uh, be claustrophobic in a room. And um, they didn't see any of the 200 or so people who were crammed into other satellite rooms uh, at the Board of Education headquarters or um, at the Homewood building across the street uh, because uh, these were overflow rooms. And uh, she, you know, I, I saw her leave. She never even bothered to check out any of those rooms. So, um, you know, everybody has their spin and everybody has their take and everybody has their tent. And, uh, you know, I don't propose to be a fully honest broker, but in terms of presenting my tent to things, I try to be as honest a broker as I can. Uh, that said, I do not suffer fools well, and uh, I don't consider Scott a fool. Uh, I consider him a friend, and I consider him a good guy. Uh, I have some disagreements with him about how he thinks this entire uh, redistricting uh, issue is being adjudicated, and maybe we disagree about how it's being covered and uh, how it's being perceived and how opponents and proponents of the, uh, the superintendent's redistricting plan are being portrayed. Uh, and we will dig more into that on Sunday. So it is going to be a fascinating, uh, sure to be far ranging, sure to be spirited discussion. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, in a little bit, in about an hour and a quarter after the time of this recording, uh, there will be the latest uh, in the series of presidential debates. Now there will be 12 people on the debate stage as uh, Representative Gabbard has made her way back onto the stage, as has uh, Tom Steyer, who will be uh, appearing for his first time ever. Uh, you know, I kind of missed on my prediction that I had with Jason last, last time. Of course, so did he. Uh, because I think, I think if I remember right, I think he remembered, I think I recall him saying that, that Pete Buttigieg had the possibility to hit a home run and move into the top tier. And of course, I guess everybody had the possibility to hit a home run and move into the top tier. But, you know, I think, uh, Jason put some money on Buttigieg. I put it on Yang. Uh, we both lost. Um, you know, I think I've made my, uh, my preference for the presidential race, uh, clear. Um, you know, I like Amy Klobuchar, uh, the Senator from Minnesota. I think she is an amazingly effective legislator. Uh, she's very competent, um, certainly has the skills and temperament, uh, to be the commander in chief. And, um, you know, and a very even uh, personality. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, 
we've had insane Uncle Charlie for the last three years. You know, it would be nice to have mom. You know, it would be nice to have mom to kind of explain things for us and talk to us like we're adults and treat us like adults and do adult things, even if that's not uh, that's not necessarily the thing that's best for us. Um, mom will do the things that are needed. Um, you know, I, I hope she does very well tonight. I, I hope she takes off. I'm very concerned that this might be the last uh, time she's in a debate. Um, you know, so we'll see. I mean, um, you know, I, I think the last debate was was kind of a meh experience. Uh, I would say Biden, I wouldn't say won by default, but uh, I don't remember that many memorable uh, Bernie or, or, or Senator Warren lines. Um, I still think this race is between uh, vice, former Vice President Biden and Senator Warren uh, until somebody proves that it isn't. So will somebody prove that it's not? And Senator Warren's pulled up closer, if not even, if not slightly ahead of Vice President Biden in several polls. So we'll see what happens after tonight. Um, you know, there's no, uh, there's no guarantee that there will be big, some big uh, moment that will propel somebody. Um, you know, I think Beto uh, got some advantage out of that last debate. I think he was very strong. You know, if he's very strong again, who knows what happens there. Um, you know, Mayor Pete and Senator Harris are kind of lagging behind the top two. Um, you know, Cory Booker, you know, I think actually had a strong uh, performance. So will they capitalize on that? Who knows? We're going to find out soon. Uh, so a number of you, I'm sure, and this is the fifth item tonight and last item I have, uh, will be channel flipping, although the debate does not have any commercials. Um, Y'all can just, uh, you know, flip when Steyer's on. Um, with the Nationals, uh, the Nationals are playing the uh, fourth game of the National League Championship Series in D.C. tonight against the St. Louis Cardinals. The Nationals have a three-games-to-none lead going into game four of the 2019 National League Championship Series. And so they're one win away from the World Series. Uh, so... Um, I'm an Otis fan by birth. Baltimore is where, you know, my my home has been. Uh, but I've taken an affinity to the Nationals. I think it's okay to have a uh, National League team and an American League team. And so I'd love to see the Nats do it. I'd love to see them go into the World Series and uh, face the winner of whoever will be between Houston and the New York Yankees. Houston! Um, who I certainly, you know, the best, the best, uh, the best team, I'm sure, <laughs> Astros, <clears throat> will win. So, um, so we'll see there. Uh, but good luck to the Nationals tonight. I hope you guys bring it home. And in terms of bringing it home, I am going to be bringing it home for this edition of Forward Maryland. Join Jason Booms and I on Sunday, the 20th of October, as our guest will be Scott Ewart of Howard County's renowned Scotty's blog, and also the proprietor and chief operating and chief executive officer of Scotty's software. It will be an episode of Forward Maryland you will not want to miss. And when I say that something is something 
you don't want to miss. You normally wind up being sorry that you missed it. So don't miss it. So for Forward Maryland, uh, again, my name is Bill Woodcock. Have a great day. Take care.